Welcome to Bite at a Time Books, where we read you your favorite classics one bite at a time. My name is Brie Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. You'll also find our new t-shirts in the shop, including podcast shirts and quote shirts from your favorite classic novels. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes. But also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show, and YouTube, where we have special behind-the-narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear what inspired your favorite classic authors to write their novels— and what was going on in the world at the time, check out the Bite at a Time books behind the story podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Please note, while we try to keep the text as close to the original as possible, some words have been changed to honor the marginalized communities who've identified the words as harmful and to stay in alignment with Bite at a Time books' brand values. Today we'll be continuing Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Chapter 30 When they got aboard, the king went for me and shook me by the collar and says, Trying to give us the slip, was ye, you pup? Tired of our company, hey? I says, No, your majesty, we weren't. Please, don't, your majesty. Quick, then, and tell us what was your idea, or I'll shake the insides out of you. Honest, I'll tell you everything just as it happened, your majesty. The man that had a hold of me was very good to me and kept saying he had a boy about as big as me that died last year, and he was sorry to see a boy in such a dangerous fix. And when they was all took by surprise by finding the gold and made a rush for the coffin, he lets go of me and whispers, heal it now or they'll hang ye sure. And I lit out. It didn't seem no good for me to stay. I couldn't do nothing and I didn't want to be hung if I could get away. So I never stopped running till I found the canoe." And when I got here, I told Jim to hurry or they'd catch me and hang me yet, and said I was afeard you and the Duke wasn't alive now, and I was awful sorry, and so was Jim, and was awful glad when we see you coming. You may ask Jim if I didn't. Jim said it was so. And the king told him to shut up and said, Oh, yes, it's mighty likely, and shook me up again and said he reckoned he drowned me. But the Duke says, Let go the boy, you old idiot. Would you have done any different? Did you inquire around for him when you got loose? I don't remember it. So the king let go of me and begun to cuss that town and everybody in it. But the duke says, You better a blame sight give yourself a good cussing for you're the one that's entitled to it most. You ain't done a thing from the start that had any sense in it except coming out so cool and cheeky with that imaginary blue arrow mark. That was bright. It was right down bully and it was the thing that saved us. For if it hadn't been for that, they'd have jailed us till them Englishmen's baggage come. And then, the penitentiary, you bet. But that trick took them to the graveyard, and the gold done us still a bigger kindness. For if the excited fools hadn't let go all holts and made that rush to get a look, we'd have slept in our cravats tonight. Cravats warranted to wear, too, longer than we'd need them. And they was still a minute, thinking. Then the king says, kind of absent-minded, like, Hmm... And we reckoned the servants stole it. That made me squirm. Yes, says the duke, kind of slow and deliberate and sarcastic. 
We did. After about a half a minute, the king draws out. Leastways, I did. The duke says the same way. On the contrary, I did. The king kind of ruffles up and says, Looky here, Bilgewater. What are you referring to? The duke says pretty brisk. When it comes to that, maybe you'll let me ask what was you referring to? Shucks, says the king, very sarcastic. But I don't know. Maybe you was asleep and didn't know what you was about. The duke bristles up now and says, Oh, let up on this cussed nonsense. Do you take me for a blame fool? Don't you reckon I know who hid that money in that coffin? Yes, sir, I know you do know, because you done it yourself. It's a lie. And the duke went for him. The king sings out, Take your hands off. Let go my throat, I take it all back. The duke says, Well, you just own up first that you did hide that money there intending to give me the slip one of these days, and come back and dig it up and have it all to yourself. Wait just a minute, duke. Answer me this one question, honest and fair. If you didn't put the money there, say it and I'll believe you, and take back everything I said. You old scoundrel, I didn't, and you know I didn't. There now. Well, then I believe you, but answer me only just this one more. Now don't get mad. Didn't you have it in your mind to hook the money and hide it? The duke never said nothing for a little bit. Then he says... Well, I don't care if I did, I didn't do it anyway. But you not only had it in mind to do it, but you done it. I wished I'd never die if I'd done it, Duke, and that's honest. I won't say I weren't going to do it, because I was. But you, I mean, somebody got in ahead of me. It's a lie, you done it, and you gotta say you done it, or... The king began to gurgle, and then he gasps out, Nuff, I own up. I was very glad to hear him say that. It made me feel much more easier than what I was feeling before. So the duke took his hands off and says, If you ever deny it again, I'll drown you. It's well for you to sit there and blubber like a baby. It's fitting for you after the way you've acted. I never see such an old ostrich for wanting to gobble everything. And I a-trusting you all the time like he was my own father. You ought to been ashamed of yourself to stand by and hear it saddled on to a lot of poor servants and you never say a word for him. It makes me feel ridiculous to think I was soft enough to believe that rubbish. Cause you, I can see now why you were so anxious to make up the deficit. You wanted to get what money I'd got out of the nonsuch and one thing or another and scoop it all. The king says, timid and still a-snuffling. Why, Duke, it was you that said make up the deficit. It weren't me. Dry up, I don't want to hear no more out of you, says the Duke. And now you see what you got by it. They've got all their own money back and all of Arn, but a shekel or two besides. Go along to bed and don't you deficit me. No more deficits as long as you live. So the king sneaked into the wigwam and took to his bottle for comfort. And before long, the duke tackled his bottle. And so in about a half an hour, they was as thick as thieves again. And the tighter they got, the lovinger they got and went off a snoring in each other's arms. They both got powerful mellow. But I noticed the king didn't get mellow enough to forget to remember to not deny about hiding the money bag again. That made me feel easy and satisfied. Of course, when they got to snoring, we had a long gabble, and I told Jim everything. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books today, while we read a bite of one of your favorite classics. Again, my name is Bree Carlisle, 
and I hope you come back tomorrow for the next bite of Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com and check out the shop. You can check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the rest of the links for our show. We'd love to hear from you on social media as well.